episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there's an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me a Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. From drag fan to super queen on the rise, my next guest has been taking over NYC like no other and is reigning supreme with a shiny new title. Say hola to Frida Kulo. Hello. Hola. <laughs> How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm booked, blessed, and stressed, but admit it, you're obsessed. <laughs> of course. I mean, I, I've known you for, for a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, will you tell people where you and I first met and explain to everyone how I'm an asshole and it took me forever to put two and two together? Well, also, you're not the only asshole. I know many assholes in my life. <laughs> but we met at Icon because you were actually um, producing the contest um, at Icon. And um, I just happened to admire some of the contestants. And we crossed paths uh, on my way, I think it was when I was purchasing a wig by Style by Michael. My first ever like commissioned wigs. Yeah. And also, um, I'm that bitch. Oh, that's right. Oh, that was before I started like taking drag seriously. Yeah. Um, um yeah. And I was like, who are you? I and then I was like, oh, wait, you're the same person. Now I figured it out. Yes, that's right. Because yeah. you were just so enthusiastic. You got more screen time than I got. We sat next to each other <laughs> at Stonewall. And I was like, who is this motherfucker taking my screen time? And I was like, wait, I'm not an actor. I don't care. Um, but yeah, fun times in the before times when things were different. Oh yeah. Crazy. Well, we are here to learn about you for you to share your story with the audience. Um, and we're gonna start from the beginning. Where are you from? So I was born in La Mirada, California, uh, but my childhood uh, was in Mexico um, and I kept going back and forth. Um, so it was something where I never was in one spot for too long. What was life like in Mexico? Uh, it was it was a, like a dream. So my family's from a really small town in a place in Jalisco called Los Altos, which translates to the highlands. And um, it's a collection of different small towns um, where uh, they're known for agriculture and it's very small town life. Um, if you remember, I think I was 15 years old when they finally opened up a mall and it was not even a mall mall. It's, it was like a strip mall. But uh, it's every time I think about it, it's always a sense of nostalgia from walking to the corner to buy freshly squeezed orange juice to uh, getting a whole full meal uh, in someone's house, uh, just randomly inviting you in. Like, it's just it's always a sense of nostalgia. What would you say are some of the biggest misconceptions about Mexico that, um, you know, us Americans have? Um, if you drink the water, it does not give you the runs. Okay, good, good, good to know. No. Um, now, 
obviously going back and forth from Mexico to California, when it came to the, you know, like more of the pop culture, did you get to learn about both or did you, were you um, someone who was given only the Mexican pop culture or the American pop culture? It was a struggle, I'll say that, because I didn't know English and um, I learned English by watch, watching Sesame Street. And um, uh, I was more, I was used to and comfortable with just understanding more cultural references of anything pop culture when it came to Mexican. Or, or even what's so funny is that there's just a huge more Euro type of influence uh, right. in Mexico. And it wasn't until maybe my preteens that I felt myself more assimilating to American culture. But it was, a, it was always a struggle. Like, I, I mean, come on. I think the most quintessential story of how much of a struggle it is, is I was in first grade. I went to kindergarten in, in Mexico and they threw me in first grade. I will always remember it, I had this um, white lady. Her name was Mrs. Stafford. She had huge, very, very like flowy hair uh, with a very deep voice. And um, I didn't know how to say, can I go to the bathroom? Oh, no. So I go up to her desk while she's like drinking her coffee and reading paper. Um, and I asked her in, in Spanish, but she doesn't understand. And I'm looking at her like, I need to go. And she yells at me and I just go to my desk and everyone's doing their coloring activity. And I just put my hand uh, on the desk, my hands, on my, my, my face on my hands. And I'm trying to hold it in and I start crying because I wet myself. Oh and, no! Yeah, and... The girl next to me tells the Mrs. Stafford, let's everyone drag her and cancel her. <laughs> and she calls the janitor and the janitor takes me out of the classroom in my chair to the principal's office and they call my parents so they could take me home. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Let's drag this teacher. Terrible. <laughs> um, what were you like as a child though? At first I used to be really shy. However, I love dancing. I love dancing so much. My mom has like pictures of me dancing in my underwear. Um, and I, as I became more comfortable with the language barrier, um, for me, dance was the language that helped me gain confidence. Mm -hmm. um, I remember going from middle school to high school, I was obsessed with like hip hop dancing. And um, my first ever like, I guess, breakout into saying yeah i'm a dancer was when we used to have this huge celebration of anyone who had like a 3.5 gpa or higher you got to miss a whole period of class and it was just like a huge talent variety show All right and i didn't tell anyone but i auditioned and uh, i was the, one of the only solo acts and um i danced to b2k's uh-huh Age <laughs> yourself I know it's okay. The Botox is still working though. <laughs> but that just that means if I know the reference, I just aged myself too. That part. <laughs> Come on, 87 babies. <laughs> um, so is there a video of this performance anywhere? No, back then, come on, no one had like uh the camcorders. <laughs> yeah, those weren't weren't filmed. Like we didn't film those, but we had That's them. Fair every quarter or semester I don't remember it was it's something that we would always look forward to because of your grades or whatever all right where did you go to college that's a loaded question because 
I didn't just go to one place. I started to go to um, a little CSU, uh, it's called CSU Stanislaus in a small town of Turlock up north in California. Um, it's about less than an hour away from Modesto um, and maybe like a couple hours away from Sacramento. Um, but honestly, I never left Turlock. I was always staying in Turlock. Um, I was there for two semesters and I left because my parents uh, were getting separated and they wanted me to come back and I'm the oldest of six. And so there's a huge responsibility that's bestowed upon you um, as like a third parent um, to help out when they, whenever they can. Yeah. So I tried to go to community college out there. Um, but then I quickly found myself needing to be able to support myself financially and my, and helping out wherever I can. So, um, I got offered an amazing job offer, didn't finish, attempted to come back to school when I moved to New York. And then I found out that all the hard work that I had already done in credits meant nothing because they're like, well, we don't accept that anymore. You have to do this and this. And I'm like, I am not going to jump through hoops so you could take my money. So what brought you to New York? So before I was actually living in New York, I was living in Puerto Rico for about three years. Um, and what took me to Puerto Rico from California was Bath and Body Works. I used to work management for them and I became their international liaison to open up uh, their stores in Puerto Rico since I'm bilingual. Now, and have I you seen these Bath and Body Works TikToks? No, uh, I mean, what, wait, no. Where, where people like pretend they're working at Bath and Body Works and like they have like the backdrop and it's um, like all these scented candles and scented things. And they're, it's, they're really funny. I'll send them to you. Oh yeah, please do. Cause I mean, even as a Bath and Body Works employee, we would joke about this stuff all the time, the corny stuff that we would have to do. Because mm-hmm. you always are meet greeted at the door. Always, always. And it's so aggressive. This is what they parody. Yeah, this is what they parody. Okay. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll get a good laugh out of it. Well, continue, continue. So you're the bilingual store manager of Puerto Rico. Well, I was, I was, uh, I was given the assistant manager role because they wanted me to build the team, and I, I managed to open up almost six stores. Cool. Um, so I would develop the team, the management, the associates, the store, how it would run, and then I would move. So I lived all over Puerto Rico, and I know it really well. Um, but I just got tired of like island life. Um as a professional as for leisure and personal life i loved it i was at the beach like three four times a week um, and living my best life and i was into my fitness and everything but then um, i wanted to move to new york i had visited new york a couple times and there was an opportunity to uh move here with the company uh since they had offices out here so they actually paid for my relocation and I was doing well, uh, but then I just wasn't passionate about it anymore. And I felt like I I wasn't going the direction that I wanted to be. I left that the day that I went to DragCon, my first time, uh, I met, uh, next door at the Javits Center was the LGBTQ Expo. And I already have a huge passion for dance. I was a Zumba instructor that I would just do it almost on the side. And so, I heard like this music. I'm like, oh my God, I love this. Turns out that Crunch had a booth and they were just giving free classes to whoever wanted to participate and giving out free passes. I literally told my friend, hold my stuff. I want to join in. 
And I think I was there for about an hour, just like doing different classes. And I was next to this gorgeous girl next to me. And I was like, who do I need to talk to if I want to become an instructor here? She's like, me, here's my card. Email me like yesterday. Nice. And the rest is history, isn't it? Rest is history. And I'm still there. (laughs) Now, obviously, there are people who like to work out. There are people who need to work out. I fall into that second category. Um, Can crunch save me? Listen, it's not even about working out. It's just your wellness journey. So that's what I always say because I'm so I don't, we're fucked. We're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have a cookie cutter body. I'm not a gym rat. Um, but my journey doesn't need to be that. And and you could still live a healthy, active lifestyle without portraying this image of, you know, I have chiseled abs or whatever. I don't, I don't need chiseled abs. I just need not a beer belly anymore. That's it. That's all I want gone. Only I Make it a milkshake belly then. <laughs> okay, well, we'll go with that. Yeah. Let's talk about nightlife. How did you enter the scene? I entered the scene thanks to Crunch, actually. Um, we used to, and we still do, we we're actually about to um, start it up again, host a class that was a spin class, a cycle class, um, that we would also do karaoke at the same time, and it was hosted by a drag queen along with an instructor. So I would volunteer to help uh, be the quote unquote bartender because we would drink after the class. And there was one day that they were in a bind um, and they needed a drag queen. And I had only done drag once before at DragCon when I dressed up as Valentina. And they're like, can you do it? And I'm like, I'm not a professional drag queen. Like this, this is something that's an actual job. Like. They're like, come on, please, please, please. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do it. But I I can't guarantee that this is going to go well. It went phenomenal. I had such a great time. And that day someone asked, um, where else do you perform? And I said, hold that thought. Um, I'll get back to you. Join us at our next event coming soon to uh, another location. So immediately afterwards, I went ahead and messaged the manager. said, it went great. Can we plan another one out in another location? And that's when I'm like, I need to put myself out there. And the first competition that I did was all the way in Long Island. Right. And I failed miserably. Okay, that's okay. Everyone knows. Part of me and who I am is celebrating my culture culture unapologetically. And I didn't, I've never been to Long Island. I didn't know that it was not very Latino, where at least where I went. And... I did a whole number in Spanish and no no one was understanding what I was doing. Yeah. Hey, you live and you learn. Now let us talk about the origin of your drag name and persona. How did you decide this is the name for me? I have a huge appreciation and admiration um, for Frida Kuhl, not just as an artist, but as a human being, because she is such a beautiful soul and is, and is queer in, in her nature. And, um, I wanted to make sure that my name was a double entendre in the sense of it's representing my culture, but it's also something about like not taking yourself so seriously. And it just clicked. I'm like, Oh, free the cooler, like free your ass. And what I mean by that, like, like, don't, don't just go around throwing your ass in a circle. I mean, you can, if you want, but also there's just something to be said about like being so self-conscious about like covering up who you are and who do you truly want to be in life? 
Um, and it also does help that I have a big ass, so it fits well. <laughs> there it goes. How would you describe Frida in three words besides big ass? Besides big ass, three words. Um, she is pretty. Mm -hmm. um, she is phenomenal, but she's also stupid sometimes. That's fair. How long does it take to transform into Frida? I've gotten it down to an hour and a half. Not bad, not bad. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it takes some time to learn how to do makeup. How did you start? The silver lining for me for the pandemic and the lockdown was uh, it gave me time to learn new skills with my and learn my face. And uh, I would I had the opportunity to stay with my mom and my sisters and my brothers in California uh, for almost three months. And uh, she's amazing at makeup and loves drag queens as much as I do. So I would learn techniques from her and then just practicing trial and error on my own. Do you have any favorite makeup products? Oh, oh my Lanta. I love Krylon. Um, we love Krylon. I also love, um, I, I haven't used it yet, but it looks so gorgeous and expensive. I got gifted a Tom Ford eyeshadow palette. You got gifted. Let's break this down. Explain, please. <laughs> like, I'm at loss of words just processing this, but um, someone that came out to support me for, for uh, Lady Liberty. Um, they gave me like this gorgeous, amazing, like, like package of like goodies, expensive top of the line goodies. And, um, I'm like, I don't even want to touch it. I'm like, I just, it's so beautiful. And then I, I did a little swab test, a little swatch test. And I'm like, this is my favorite. And I haven't even worn it. I love that. Um, I was going to say like, what did you, what kind of favor did you have to do? But performing, that's a good favor. There you go. I just had to entertain. Now, if you were to have the Frida Kulo palette, what are the important colors that need to be included? There has to be a great range of different browns. All right. Because um, I love celebrating that I'm brown. Uh, there's, there's times that that's my go-to. Like, I love doing, like, a nice brown eye. Um, it has to have um, also, like, a creamy off-white um because i love doing my lid with that and it has to have uh some glitter and a blue a blue what kind of shade of blue where are, we, where are we going on the blue scale uh, as far i wanted to be a bright bold blue because i put it underneath um sure. just because it helps hide all the wrinkles <laughs> that's fair now who are some of the first people that helped you out in your drag journey misty mountains and sherry poppins uh gave me my first like gig at icon for new year's nice and i will always remember uh because they said when they introduced me she looks like the latina clock destroyer uh who just divorced her third husband and she's trying to uh get with the owner of the pizzeria down the street <laughs> that's out that checks out right. how would you say you've grown since you you first started i definitely have a confidence uh when i perform I used to think that because I have such a love for dance, I'm going to be a dancing queen. Um, but life had other plans for me. And I went through a huge knee injury where I had to get surgery on my meniscus and ACL that uh, prohibited me from exploring dance because that could potentially injure me again. Uh, so in comes Frida Kahlo again as an inspiration and, and uh, knowing that she was still creative, even though she was bedridden for so long, 
was what really helped me blossom into the character that I am now. Amazing. So are you officially done with dance or are you going to be able to build back into dance a little bit? I could do some, um, but I still have to be careful because I do run the risk of re-injuring myself. That's, it's, it's a travesty, but I think that's the beauty of, of drag and art is that you find other ways to still share your story and still share your, um, your beauty through art. And yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your other inspirations, either in and out, in or out of drag? Valentina. She's Valentina. The, she is the reason she is the moment. She is the icon. Um, when I fought, first saw her uh, competing, I felt seen. I felt like this is my people. This is who I am, what I come from. Even the even if the mainstream drag audience didn't understand such small things like why she chose that silhouette and that hair, it would allude to my upbringing. And that's, that's like one of the biggest influences that I have because that's how my brand is. I, I always celebrate where I come from. And then also just the women in my life, all like my sisters, my mom, my aunt, like they are such gorgeous women, but also know how to just laugh at life. And there's something to be said about how we have a rapport where we can literally be reading each other, making fun of each other, but we don't take it to heart. That's lovely. That's very drag too. Mm-hmm. How would you describe your drag style? She's sassy. She is very sassy. Um, and she loves to, uh, she loves to give you that novella realness and that vixen type of like allure. Um, but it's also, she's not trying to be a woman. Like it's uh, clearly she's a drag queen. Like I'm not going to paint soft, uh, cause there's lots of man underneath that, all that. How do you put a look together? Let's say you got a gig at Albatross on a Friday night for drag race. What do you do when you look in your drag closet? I make sure that I do not repeat the same outfit at least in the last four weeks. Cause I don't like to repeat outfits that often. Um, and I, I think about uh, how many outfit changes can I do? <laughs> uh, David, uh, who you know well, uh, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, Frida is a full production all on her own. And he's not wrong. I mean, there's days where I'm like, I need to minimum have two outfits. And uh, I always think about a walk around. So not New York. Right. I know. This is this is this is way very L.A. Like very. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that's something that I always think about. I'm like, And also. Um, how am I going to leave the gig and still give you the fantasy, but be comfortable? Right. Cause you, you need taco truck look. Exactly. You need the look for the taco truck. Mm-hmm. Or, I, or, miss the, I miss the Astoria taco truck so much. Oh my God. But you you've miss- had real good taco trucks. You know what? I've never, I've you know, never experienced a good taco truck. To me, there's only one spot um, that has a good specific taco and it's off of uh dit mars and 31st okay. and they have they have a Cecina taco that's actually good oh nice who are some of your favorite collaborators when it comes to fashion or hair oh i am loyal to uh nicolas mendoza he we actually connected during the pandemic um who's from colombia and lives now here in new york uh he's made the majority of my costumes uh and I'm such a pain in the ass uh, with details with him, but he gets it and understands it and will do anything that I ask for. Even if it's literally 
the day before the competition of the finale Lady Liberty and I said um this needs to be lined here and and he and add this here he will do it so Amazing. I um and luckily I've gotten a, um his name out there to because he's such a talent and he's worked with Amanda Pork he's worked with um he's currently working with Dot DeVille um and he is he's booked like he has a lot Amazing. of projects yeah and then as far as hair, um, I'm obsessed with Style by Michael. Like, mm-hmm. I have to credit him because he. I went in for to do like a consultation, and I said, "Listen, I want to create a wig, but it's going to change into three different wigs." Okay. And he was just like, "What?" Like, and so I'm like, "Let me do a storyboard." So I literally <laughs> did a storyboard of the transition of it. He's like. So how do you plan on doing this? I'm like, that's where you come in. <laughs> See, we love and, a good collaboration like that. Yeah. And he said it was probably one of the hardest things that he had to do. Um, and when I went in for the fitting and I did it, I, I screamed and I FaceTimed my good sister, Privilege, and Sofia Medina to just show them. And they lost their shit when I did the reveals. So love him. Um, I also have to shout out um, a gorgeous queen from New Jersey, uh, Valeria Sparks Martinez, um, who's been going viral. I've collaborated with her on two outfits and homegirl is too busy because I want to collaborate with more, more, but she's, her window will be open for 30 minutes on a random day and she's fully booked up the whole month for commissions. So you don't get like first dibs? No, baby. Mm -mm. (laughs) you gotta be more famous i guess no actually she just made some looks for olivia lux at her uh tour right now um in canada that's amazing all right well covid has taken a toll on the entertainment industry forcing many of us to remain creatively active while in-person gigs were on hiatus how did lockdown and quarantine affect you as an artist well it was literally the moment that i wanted to embark on putting frida out there and, and building my brand I literally that Sunday before um, I did an event at Crunch and I partnered with Tammy Spanks and we hosted a drag brunch together and it was our first time working together and I had seen her perform many a times before but we had such a great time she literally says we need to make this like at least a monthly thing maybe even bi-weekly or whatever and I said absolutely I will talk to the managers and the powers that be to make this happen and then we go into lockdown. So then I'm like, what am I going to do? Well, I'm like, I was just about to really, you know, hit the ground running with, with Frida. But um, I was like, you know what? Digital drag it is. So I would do uh, talk about a Tuesday where I would do a little bit of performances and also partner up with a local restaurant um, that was POC or queer owned and talk about their tacos. And since I love to eat tacos. <laughs> I love tacos too. Do you want to tell us the best taco you had during that experience? During the what? During that experience, what the best taco you had was? Oh, Lord. Mm. It was, it's also here in Astoria. I tried to focus on to the restaurants that weren't here in Queens. Um, Frescoes, uh, they had, and it's not your traditional type of taco, but they had four, they gave me four different kinds. And my mouth would just explode with just the taste that I would, and, and the roller coaster that I went on. Um, so I think theirs were, were pretty bomb. Honestly, I would say theirs, their food is incredible. Yeah. Oh my it's, God, I miss that place so much. 
Yeah. Oh, and you have to go visit their new location. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to get there. I'll get there. They have an upstairs lounge. And listen, they have everywhere. They have free free to call enough, free to call a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you talked about digital drag. You partook in two of mine, Abapalooza and Netflix and drag. Mm -hmm. How did performances like that help you creatively? Oh, my Lanta. I was a full production. I was editing. I had people playing characters. I was doing transitions. I did storyboards, looks. I was having the best time of my life, honestly. Um, and some of it was a challenge because I learned how to work with OBS and how to do even live streaming or recording. It was it definitely pushed my creative buttons to a level that I never thought I would. Um, but I'm thankful that I did because at my best work that I did during the lockdown, um, I got asked to be fe- an artist uh, showcased in um, a Valentine's Day uh, program called uh, We Move, We We Move, We Love, um, which is uh, an event that's ran by one of my friends who owns a dance company. And he decided that for this one, he wanted the community of artists to come together to be able to have a platform to celebrate. And he paid for a videographer and paid for a space so that we were able to connect at a certain time slot, adhere to all protocol uh, protocols and film and do a live stream event. And I did um, just an amazing, amazing piece that I called Red Pumps uh, that has a snippet from Pose and one of my favorite scenes. Awesome. Now, obviously I, I feel like you were doing very well for yourself when it came to digital drag. Um, and then you did the Chikatita um, video and it kind of blew up a little bit. It was hilarious because I knew I'm like, okay, first and foremost, um, the song means a lot to me because it's a huge, ABBA is something that's really big in Mexico. They actually have a whole album in Spanish. Yep. And um, for one of my sisters, Quinceañera, she actually danced to that song. And I just remember like, how difficult it was to work with her because she did not want to have this party. Why she, not? Because it was so much pressure, like learning dances, choreography, and who's going to be in her court and the venue. And like, and she just wanted a, a, just a good time with her friends and that's it. But me being extra, I produced all of her dances. She did had like four different dances and I would have rehearsals and I'm like, no, we are doing this. <laughs> So I'm like, I need to poke fun of myself for. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, is Frida ever going to have a quinceanera? So I, my vision, this is this is how I picture it. Um, even though I do love New York, I don't think I'll be here forever. Fair. I think eventually I'll move back to California or even be bi-coastal. And um, I would love to have like my coming home uh, event in LA. And I want to call it Pulos Quinceanera. Love it. Mm-hmm. Now you did some international digital drag competitions during this lockdown period. What was that experience like? I did. So I, someone actually recommended it to me and I was like, I don't know, like what are the chances that I'm going to have going up against this? And um, it was hosted by Nina West and I actually was competing in the same, same uh, contest um, and for a while I was doing really good for myself, but it was down to the wire. And I went from being in first to third because it was donation based and I was robbed. 
And it's actually that same piece that I told you called Red Pumps. Right. I thought it was going to be Isleya and myself at the top. Okay. Next time. There's always next time. But you got to talk to Nina West. Oh, yeah. And she loved, like, having conversation with her was so amazing. Um, and I actually recently had reposted a memory from that day. And uh, and she responded and she, and she reposted it on hers. I was like, oh. So sweet. Now, do you think that your digital presence helped you once lockdown and restrictions were lifted? Oh, absolutely. Like, there was no other option. How else were you going to put yourself out there if you couldn't literally put yourself outside? Right. Um, and everyone was stuck to their phones. So I'm like, okay, this is the me- the medium that I have to go with in order to do what I set out to to do. Now, you did get to participate in Bushwig last this past year. Um, yeah. I know there was a lot of... Uh, backstory about scheduling and craziness uh with you and amanda uh, but what was the experience like for you <laughs> i my heart was racing the entire time because we had a successful brunch and funny thing is that's the same brunch where i actually met valentina's manager and he was so sweet and um and that opportunity gave way for me to open for Valentina at $3 bill just a few months ago. But I was on cloud nine. I'm like, I can't believe I just met this person. And I'm like, okay, now I'm on my way to the iconic Bushwig and performing for the first time there. And the traffic was horrible. I'm, we were literally trying to eat our food in the Uber and um, not spill ketchup on our like outfits and change our shoes and chain glue down our wigs we were literally running the minute we got out of the Uber running into the venue. Someone was brushing my hair. Amanda had to go up first. And so, and I had this huge ponytail that was a double stack wig um, with this peach dress with ostrich feathers. And it was so extra, but then I hit that stage and I just felt every moment. I was just like living it. Nice to be able to perform on a big stage, isn't it? Oh my God. It feels, it feels correct. Well, speaking of, most recently, you competed in the latest city season of Lady Liberty at the Cube. Not only did you compete, you walked away with the title. Tell us about this experience. Oh, I am so excited. I can't, like, I'm still processing this because a lot of my drag sisters um, had, a, like, a, a done the competition and had uh, filled out the, the request to be considered to compete. And, um, and it wouldn't pan out so well. Like they, they, they wouldn't make it or they were just barely there. And uh, my sister Sophia was going to compete, but she had a pageant that same week. And um, she was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it because I, ha- I feel more confident about this pageant. And I already have my package ready for that. And, uh, and of course she went in there and she slayed it. So she has the title of, of, uh, Miss, Miss Mundo, uh, Latina USA. And, um, and I was like, well, maybe I'll try, you know, if I, if I, there was only two weeks, two slots left for the prelims and I didn't hear back. And it was that Sunday before the competition that I got accepted and I'm like, Oh my land, what am I going to do? I'm like, okay, let me figure this out. Calm down. If you're going to, I told myself, if you're going to go in this, you have to go in there, not just thinking about what you're going to do the prelim. I said, because you got to tell a story from the prelim to the semifinale to the finale. 
And what is my end game? What am I going to do? What is my storyline and my brand? I knew I went in knowing what I wanted to do and knowing that I wanted to be in the finale. No questions asked. Why was it important to compete in this competition? It was important because there's there's accolades that come with being Lady Liberty and, and knowing all the winners that have been in this competition in the past, but also the fact that it's at a brand new venue that it is the talk of, of the town, of the city, like the queue. It's such a great, great space. And I'll be honest with you, I don't feel seen in the city as um, a leading artist because there's not a lot of spots for a lot of Latinx queens unless you assimilate and play to whatever the top 40 is um, and what's expected from, from being Amer an American drag queen. And I don't necessarily do that each time. Fair. Do you believe that there needs to be more representation when it comes to Latinx drag in Manhattan? Oh, absolutely. I, I have so many sisters that are incredible. And it's like, it, just alone to explain how frustrating it is, um, there was one week alone where th three of my other sisters in and out of drag were all confused and, and they, they were called Frida. And it's like, they are their own entity, their own identity, their own brand. And so it's very dismissive for you to just assume. But also, sisters, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Would you do another competition or is it a one you're done? I would consider maybe doing Drag Race. But I don't, it's expensive. Listen, I- well, Of course I, it is. I definitely spent way more than what the prize money is in order to complete this package. So the only other one that I would consider would be Drag Race. All right. So a little birdie told me that you're about to have some new gigs added to your weekly schedule. Oh, literally right before this interview, I was off leaving a conversation and uh, a meeting for some more things that are coming down the road. But- um, I'm really excited to be a part of the Slipper Room team. Um, so I'm hosting there um, this next month in, on May. Um, I'm calling it uh, Sheena Puerto Rican <laughs> because I get confused for being Puerto Rican. And obviously it's playing off of the, the whole viral moment with T.S. Madison when she was trying on the wig that reminded her of Selena. But I'm not Puerto Rican. I'm Mexican. <laughs> And um, I'm going to be joined by Miss Mamshi, uh, my sister Privilege, uh, Sasha Vanguard, and um, Chiki Gorgina. And I, I'm just excited to work with these beautiful, beautiful group of people. Amazing. And the queue, something's coming up there. Yep. I'm still waiting for that meeting, but um, I ran into Frankie uh, last night and he said, we, we'll figure it out. We got to figure it out. There's lots going on, but we'll figure something out. Amazing. What makes a bar show good? To me, there has to be heart and community. Um, because I'll tell you now, uh, Albatross, for example, isn't your most glamorous like bar. It doesn't have state-of-the-art like screens or anything of that. It's very, it's very homey. And um, it's honestly my favorite gig to do because I feel the minute I walk in there, everyone's just excited. And even if it's a stranger, I've gotten so much feedback that like I connected with so many people. And I think as, as someone that hosts this type of event, 
you have to set the tone. And so I try to make it a point to say hi to everybody uh, and check in, like, how's it doing? Like, even if it's just a familiar face, I'm going to blow you a kiss from across the way. Like, it's that sense of like, okay, this is, this is our place. It's, it's a, it's a community. It's, it's a dive bar, but it's also a home. Yeah. Now, Astoria is about to have a new home and a new gay bar called Queen. Yes. Uh, what can you tell us about Glam Award winner, best bartender, Pedro's new haunt? Oh, I mean, I don't know any deets other than congratulations. This is amazing. Like, yeah. To be able to open up a, a new venue uh, after such a long time of like struggling and figuring out how we're all going to make ends meet. Like, shout out to him. He's such a hard worker. And I always feel like he really hears me out and is in my corner. Um, so hopefully I, I could, hopefully I could be in his corner when he opens up and however I can support, I'm definitely in a thousand percent. I mean, listen, there officially is now an Astoria gay bar crawl. You can go from Broadway to 30th to Astoria Boulevard. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to get people very messy, but you know what? We love gay bars in Astoria. What gays messy? No, never ever. Um, but you will be partaking in their Queen's Pride float. I I believe so. I mean, I think. All right, all right. So I break in the news right now. Okay. I think so. I mean, there was definitely talk about like Icon Albatross and Queen having something for Queen's Pride, um, and being involved in it. So, well, it, I just made the decision for them. So, congrats, you're doing it. Well, send me my booking fee. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. Now, you're going to be doing a big fundraiser for the LGBTQ immigrant resources this August. Yes. Um, I love that. What are you able to tell us? I know it's a little bit away, but yeah. what can you share? So um, this is something with my drag journey that I wanted to accomplish. It's not about uh, Frida being that bitch in, in, you know, in the scene. Um, uh growing up just understanding what my family and friends would have to go through when it comes to immigration and just the struggles um but also for people that struggle even in a sense of like their identity and their community and trying to find resources uh, my heart goes out to them and um i want to be able to contribute to the resources that are available um, and it's actually inspired by an event that started in San Diego called the Red Dress Party. Um, so it's a similar dynamic where uh, it's a fundraising event, but it's also a fabulous event where everyone gets to dress up in like a, a red uh, garment and it's a contest and there's performers and it's a great time. And I said, oh, I'd love to do the same thing, but I would also just love to celebrate like queer POC talent and um and give them the 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 stage but also make it a, a night where we can fundraise and give back to the community so um i'm starting this now this is my campaign for uh lady liberally all-stars winners like there's going to be a competition in june the grand prize is five thousand dollars and baby if i win that five thousand dollars it is going directly towards that event and investing in producing that event amazing we're gonna play a game are you ready to play a game Yes, let's do it. It's called Finish the Sentence. Okay. My favorite color is? Rainbow. If I were an animal, I'd be? A bird. My favorite food is? Mexican food. My biggest pet peeve is? 
How much time do we have? Okay. Uh, chewing with your mouth open. My celebrity crushes. Send your bullet. My greatest fear is. Not succeeding in life. My drink of choice is. Tequila, it runs in my blood. And finally, my NYC drag crushes. My NYC drag crush. Uh, uh, Jasmine Rice LaBeige, I think she's gorgeous. There it is. Ooh, I love that. Lady Liberty um, power couple. Oh, well, not to Kai Kai with. I just think she's, every time I, I see her, I gag. I love it. So you are a big fan of a little show called Drag Race España. And I have been screaming into the void that people should not sleep on this show. I think it's brilliant artistry. It's a great view of how drag is done in another culture. You love the show. What is it about the show that you love? Uh, there's certain things that um, that cross over into Latin culture that I hold very near and dear to my heart. And um, I love the campiness of it, but also the creativity. And uh, I feel like these queens, they go, they work in a different dynamic where they don't get tipped. And so for someone to want to venture into this career with realizing it is not that lucrative, but you still managed to produce such amazing, amazing content, like hats off to you. So we're going to try a new game on the podcast. You're going to be the guinea pig here. Uh, okay. So we do a thing on the show called the ultimate showdown. Sometimes it's either a list form or it's bracket form, but we're going to play the drag race Espana ultimate showdown. I'm going to give you some battles. You have to tell me who's going to win each battle, who you prefer. Uh, and we will determine who Frida's ultimate drag race Espana diva is. Let's do it. Um, so there's going to be 16, which means we're leaving out a couple people. Um, I apologize if I left out one of your favorites, but I think I'm okay here. We'll, we'll find okay. out. Are you ready for our first battle? Ready, ready. Killer Queen or Samantha Valentine's? Oh, Lord. Listen. Samantha Valentine's <laughs> win. And I'm not, that's not my, it's not my choice. But she's just going to win. Uh, and she's going to take off her wig. And she's going to take off her corset and take off all her drag. And she's going to win and eliminate Killer Queen. Okay. So Samantha's moving forward. Next up, Arancha Castilla-La Mancha or Hugasio Crujente? Um, all right drag setless or carmen ferrala no how dare you double save the, oh no no all of this was done uh uh via a number generator so oh blame the blame it, fate on this one. Oh no can they check if they have chocolate or a gold bar <laughs> there's, there's not supreme deluxe is not giving it to them Oh, no es chocolate. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, Carmen. All right. Poopy poison or inti? Inti. Justice for inti. All right. Okay. Well, at least you have love for her. I still don't. I'm still mad at her. Uh, speaking of another person I'm mad at, Dovima Normi or Astrea Extravaganza? Dovima. Wow. Okay. Well, you just missed out on the person who's going to win season two, but that's Oh, allegedly. Um, Sharon or Marina? Marina is going to be give you good TV, so Marina. Right. Even All though right, Sharon... next, next up is Sagittaria or Jota Carajota. Um, 
Jotan Karajota, I believe in her. She's so, they're both really young too. Yes, they are. Yeah. All right, next. You're going to be mad at this one too. Onyx or Veredita Von Dash? <sighs> Onyx, let's go with Onyx. All right. Let's go back to the next to the bracket. Samantha Valentine's or Hugasio Crujente. Oh my god. I don't like Samantha Valentine's, but it's gonna be her again. <laughs> Watch. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move Sam up. Uh Carmen Ferrada or Inti. Oh no! <laughs> okay, finally, Carmen Ferrada. All right. Dovima or Marina? Marina. And Hota or Onyx? Onyx. All right. Final four. Samantha or Carmen? Juju B. Nope. Nope. Juju's not in this competition. Uh, it's going to be Carmen. Hello. All right. Marina or Onyx? Onyx. All right. Final battle. Carmen Ferrada or Onyx? I'm going to give it to Onyx. Wow, you like the alien queen. I love that. Yeah, I do. What is it about Onyx that is so fucking captivating? I mean, that week, that's week one, uh, Angel. Oh my God. It, I, I, it's just a work of art. Like, so good. So good. And it's refreshing. Do Drag Race US contestants need to watch this show to understand what they need to be doing better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't know if you've heard the the ish, the um Twitter drama that went down with like Aja and Oh like I did. Oh I did. Thanks to uh, a dear friend, Amanda Massacre. She gave me all the deeds on that one. Yeah, uh, there were moments I was like, you have to translate this for me. I, I don't have the time to do it. Please let me know what they're saying. Uh but yeah, it, it got I mean, when it got to when she told me about the Dovima shit, I was like, Oh, oh, she went personal. Wait, what? What the Wima stuff? Uh, she, apparently, was she was mocking Aja's appearance and stuff. And oh, not good. But we, you know what? I said to her, I was like, "This is great drama for uh, an international all star season." Oh my God, a, a better one, not the UK versus the world. Yeah. Well, we love to go behind the music. I want to know what your signature number is and how it became your signature number. My signature number is my Rosa mix, Rosa from. Mm-hmm. T- um, it became my signature number when I used to work with Essence and Sherry at Savage Sickle for brunch. I made this mix up and um, and I, I was like, I need to make a, a hilarious mix. Um, and so I pieced it all together and it was in the first, it was in the second set of brunch. And I had a phenomenal time with my the, the stupidity and just having a good time. And the everyone was vibing to the point that they were like getting off their seats, throwing money at me. And Sherry comes up to me. She's like, you fucking bitch. You are not allowed to do that number again, unless it's the closing number. Cause that was phenomenal. And I'm like, this is my signature number. I love and that. Actually. It's the number that I performed at the prelims uh, for the Liberty. Love that. Where do you find your inspiration when you create mixes? Um, a lot of times I go back to like the music that I used to listen to. Um, but then um, sometimes uh, with TikTok or videos that my mom sends me that she finds hilarious, 
or among, amongst my siblings, um, just to kind of always bring it back to like, what are we laughing at? What, who are we making fun of? And is it relatable? Love that. Drag roulettes, staple drag shows. Let me give you the opportunity to tell the audience what Spanish numbers you would like to perform in a drag roulette. Ooh, okay. You have to include something by um, Rocio Durcal. Okay. Um, you have to include something from Evie Queen. You have to include something from, uh, let's see, let's give you some drama. Uh, Juan Gabriel. Um, no, Gloria Trevi? Of course, Gloria Trevi. Gloria Trevi. I actually have a, yeah, I have a roulette that has Gloria Trevi in it. Um, Alejandra Guzman, Rebelde. I mean, I can, honestly, I can go on and on. Now, can I make a request next time I get to see you and you have a moment to perform a number that I request? Sure, how much money do you have? Um, a dollar. <laughs> Just a dollar? I, I, I would like to see a performance of Mocha Trees. Oh. <laughs> I love that song so much. That's hilarious. You know, my, my, uh, my sister Sophia performs that song and she... She cracks me up when she does it. <laughs> oh, stupid. The video is so stupid. Ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, speaking of music, music is universal and it brings people together and helps give a little insight on a person. In this game, we are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack of your life. Welcome to Frida's Ultimate Playlist. All right. First up, a song that reminds you of summer. A song that reminds me of summer... I would say mm, it is, uh, they're Puerto Rican. It's Chulo Sin H. Um, th that's the title of the song. Yeah. And Chulo Sin H, if you spell it out, it's culo. So it reminds me of summer in Puerto Rico. <laughs> nice. A song that reminds you of your first crush. Oh, oh, it's a Spanish song. Um, it's so old school. Um, oh my god. I don't even remember who sings it, but I remember the, the lyrics. Oh my god. Let me look it up real quick because I know I know I know like I haven't thought about that in a long time. Go. I mean, I, I I mean who is your first crush? Do you want to tell us? Can we are they listening? Yeah. Go, let me write it up. Como estás tú y tú? Na, 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 na. That's how I would go. And I actually serenaded her. <laughs> oh my God. That's so sweet. So, turns out that it was. So I have an aunt that's like three years older than me, but we grew up together in Mexico. And um, so I was always around her friends. And I had a crush on one of her friends. And we were playing in front of my grandma's house. And me and her, I think we were like eating candy or something. And we go into the truck. And I start singing this song to her. And it's, uh, the group is called Liberación. And the song is Como Estas Tú. Love it. Yeah. All right, number three. A song that screams pride. A song that screams pride. I'm coming out. I want the world to know. Got to let song, We're going to do a song that reminds you of home. A song that reminds me of home. Now, for me, I have two homes. Uh, California is one of them. And so the song for that would be, um, the, uh, it was on the OC, um, the one that's just titled California. 
that one and then comes to mexico it would have to be cruz de olvido it's it reminds me of my grandfather and and it's very near and dear to our family a song that reminds you of your first job oh my god my first job my first legal job sure uh Let's see. I don't know. Like, I've worked fast food. So, what's a, so, I don't even know what, they, what songs remind me of fast food. All I can think about is at this very moment is Doja Cat Bitch I'm a Cow, and she's dressed up as a cow eating a <laughs> I love it. A song that gets you in the mood to party. Ooh, a song that gets me in the mood to party. Ah. <sighs> Now, listen, I love music, so it's harder for me to pick just one thing. But I'm going to say there is there is um, a Jersey edit of um, Woke Up Like This by Beyonce, but it has like the Jersey bounce in it, this particular edit that I use in my classes to start off my class to just set the mood of like, yeah, we're here to have a good time. Nice. A song that is your guilty pleasure. Song that is my guilty pleasure. Um, I would say, man, mm, when am I like, I don't broadcast that I'm a fan of. I'm not a fan of country, okay. all right. But I do like um, Shania Twain. Um, there's this particular song, and the only reason I love it so much is because I kn- I first knew it in Spanish, and it's still the one. Love that. And finally, oh no, I'm sorry. A song from your favorite movie. A song from my favorite movie. Oh, mm, I love Girl Interrupted. And in Girl Interrupted, there was, oh, Lord, Downtown. Downtown. Yeah. And finally, the song that made you who you are. The song that made me who I am. I'm going to go with Y Todos Me Miran. Right. If you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price, but each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. This is the Cameo Game Show. And we're going to do um, a very short one uh, because the options were very limited at the moment um, of the Latinx contestants of Drag Race. Oh, work. Okay. Very, very limited right now. First up, who costs more, Alyssa Hunter or Alexis Mateo? Alexis Mateo. That's correct. She's $50. Alyssa is $40. Next up, Adriana or Miss Abby Omegad? I would say Adriana. It's actually Abby. She is 50. Adriana is 27. Listeners, go get that right now. Yes. Okay. Next up, Crystal Method or Jade Sotomayor? Crystal Method. Yes. Jade is 25. Crystal Method is at 150. Booked and blessed. Yeah. Next is Candy Ho or Nasha Lopez? Nasha Lopez. That's correct. She is 50. Candy Ho is 39. And finally, how much can you get a Theresa May cameo for? 
छोटी सा मैं let's say sixty. Sixty-five. You were very close. Oh, you were close. Um, are you a fan of her her single "My Pussy Is Like a Peach"? <laughs> I think it's funny, but am I going to stream it all the time? No, ma'am. <laughs> you perform it? No, I won't. It's so. Can I tell you a secret? No. That's my alarm clock. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> Because it starts off so like operatic, and I'm like, okay, and then it gets the beat going. I'm like, okay, now I'm up. Let's do it. We're, we're wait till I put my single on, and you can make that one your alarm clock. I love it. Is nightlife competitive? Yes, absolutely. Why? Because, especially, I consider it this way because there's not always a space for uh, what our drag is, and and it will not always translate to everybody. So there's only so many venues that are willing to host you and willing to. Make you feel seen and safe. Why is social media important for a su- successful career? I don't think it necessarily is. It just depends on what your what industry you want to go to and um, what your definition of successful is. If you could give one piece of advice to a drag performer just starting out. What would it be? Wash your damn drag. <laughs> Are you, do you how how often do you wash your drag? How often do you wash your makeup brushes? Actually, I just thanks to Adriana Trenta, I just bought uh, this solution that she recommends uh-huh. that you just dip it in and like brush it off and like it dries in seconds. Um, I but I have a rotating set, and so probably I wash them like once a month. All right, not bad, not bad. Try this new solution. Why does representation in nightlife matter? Because it's not there shouldn't be a monopoly on who gets to celebrate and have a good time. Like it should be for everyone and inclusive. At the end of the day, like it's about community. It's about thriving together. And so, why are you going to alienate so much beautiful talent? Fair. All right, we're going to play everyone's favorite game. It is time for tea time, where you are going to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters. Friends, colleagues, people you take a picture with, people you've done a gig with, people you've competed against, people you love, people you might hate. I don't know. We're about to find out. Are you ready? Yes, I got my tequila shot. Let's do it. All right, we're gonna start off. We're gonna separate it. We're gonna start off with Ducky Shia Boy. Yes, Ducky. Okay, Ducky and me connect uh, because we both have a huge love for Evie Queen and Gloria Trevi. Um, so I love Ducky. Next up. Patsy and Decline. Of their partner, um, s- such a good time person, and I feel like it's someone that, um, I feel so I feel so warm when I have conversations, deep conversations with them, because I know they're truly listening, and it's really heartfelt. Bad. Next we have Victoria Williams. Miss Victoria Williams, the Victoria Williams, Williams, <laughs> Williams, um. She, me and her, I love her so much. I'm gonna tell you something that happened um, behind the scenes at Lady Liberty. Um, when we found out that we were competing against each other, uh, we were messaging each other like, "Sis, I'm so excited," and I said, "Bitch, you and me top two. She's like, "Let's give them a show." And so when we made top two at the prelim, she tells me she's like, "Girl, your brujeria worked." <laughs> ah! <laughs> Next, we have Misty Mountains. 
Misty. Oh, uh, I, she's like a big hug. I love her. I, every time I see her, it uh, it reminds me of what community is looks like. Like she's such a genuine person that opens her doors to everyone and everybody. And um, and I always have a soft spot for her. Love that. She's amazing. Next up, Avant Garbage. Avant Garbage. You know what? We recently got to connect um, and I got to know her a little better. And I consider her to be a real good sister now. Like uh, she gave me an opportunity to do a spot at one of her brunches and then we worked together again. And then we worked at Icon and I think she's a creative genius and so talented with the unconventional looks that she's always able to put together. Next we have Sherry Poppins. Sherry, Sherry is, she's such a good time person. Like, I know that when I'm when I'm in her presence, um, we won't take things so seriously, um, and I can confide in her, and I can call her up if if I have a question about something or a venue or or just a concern. She's someone that's going to be very straightforward and honest with, honest with me, and also Absolutely. we're Gemini's. Oh, oh, Gemini's so are scary. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> Next up, Katrina Lovelace. Katrina, my Mexican sister. Um, I ran into her the other day and um, it felt so good to uh, feel the same joy of being able to celebrate where you come from. And she said, she told me, she's like, I love that you're, you've always been unapologetic about who you are. And I really, really appreciate that. And, I, and to me, I find the same thing so admiring about her, how she's always so, be, so candid and also just her ability to be so like hilarious. And um, and just celebrate who she is. Uh, next up, Pietra Parker. I just recently worked with her at the Q. Um, so she is a gorgeous human being, so professional, so put together. Um, and I'm looking forward to working with her again, hopefully soon. Hey, next up, Valeria Sparks. She is hard to get a hold of, let me tell you, because she's book blessed booked and blessed um but i completely understand she just moved and um I honestly I celebrate all the success for all the sisters in my life like for her to get this huge exposure and opportunity to put her art and her passion out there like honestly that's to you next up sophia medina sophie Dolphy. oh i love this bitch so hard and i could probably go on and on about how much i love her but just to show you how true her heart is, uh, we got booked to work a brunch in the city together at the same time that I was announced to be a, a contestant at um, a first ever drag competition that was translating from bar to virtual on YouTube. And I was the surprise contestant. The amount of people that complained about me joining this competition about it not being fair because of the experience that I had one, two, because I was going to be working hand in hand with the host, Sofia Medina of the competition, that I would have an unfair advantage. So that all came into play. And then come to find out that one of the uh, judges that was a part of the project is also correlated to my ex-husband and um at the time i said i do not feel uh in the right space and and mindset that if i'm working in an event i run into him i don't think i would feel okay 
And we were literally about to start working a brunch um, when I kind of just bared soul to her about it. And, um, and I was just really, really emotional about it. And um, she was just like, I just want you to know one thing that you are one of my sisters and no one's going to fuck with one of my sisters. She's like, you will always have my back. She's like, because I, the minute that I've met you, you've been nothing but pure and I will stand for you no matter what. And um, I am completely indebted to her. She's such a beautiful person. Why am I crying on this podcast? But <laughs> um, I love her so much. And um, she understands what it means for us to feel so seen and important in this industry because of the of lack of representation. And so... Um, when I say that this is not a win for me, it's a win for all of us. She's definitely up there with me. Amazing. I love that. All right. Let's see if you get emotional here. Mari con carne. Oh, Mari! Uh, <laughs> freaking an enigma. Like, this bitch will throw her body around like she is Gumby or something. Um, we also a Mexican sister from D.C. And we connected um, during Pride because they came out here. And uh, we met and we have such a huge appreciation because we come from the same mindset of celebrating. However, I will not pussy pop that severely because baby, I already broke my knee and I don't need to break it again. So props <laughs> her. and I'm going to be working with her soon um, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We're doing a brunch out there, which is already sold out. Can you believe that? And it's such a random place. Right. <laughs> Two Mexican queens, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. All right. Three, because privilege is joining us too. Oh, boy, that's a party. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right, next up is Eczema. Eczema, oh, my God. Okay, I met her while competing at, uh, at our casino in Brooklyn, hosted by a Glam Award winner of Entertainer of the Year, Janelle, Janelle number five. And um, I was like, who is this crazy, incredible being? And I remember I actually got to see her at Club Cummings, um, perform this incredible number where she was literally like saran wrapped and i can't even recall the song or or the artist because to me this was pure expression of her and um and it was she's so good and she's so different and i see a huge amazing bright future for her because she's so young and talented and i competed against her lady liberty and i and i Honestly, I was like, of course, of course, it's going to be her uh, at the end with me. Like, she's an, an, like an incredible talent. Amazing. Next up, Fella Rise. I just recently met her as well. Uh, I even knew, knew, I've known about her in this scene, like just uh, disturbing what the norm is of, of, of being a book queen, which I'm so happy that she's also sharing that kind of space uh, amongst the New York nightlife. Um, and she's so sweet and such a good time. Like we got to bond a lot more when uh, we were invited to attend the red carpet of New York City Pride fundraiser event. And I hung out with her along with Privilege and I'm like, oh, she's one of our girls, like for sure. Next up, Sasha Vanguard. Sasha! Oh, I love Sasha. Um, you know, like when you meet your like good sisters, when you are in the dressing room 
and you know some bullshit's going down and you just look at each other and give each other a look and just start laughing because you know exactly what you're thinking and she she is that kind of sister and i love her and i'm actually gonna be she's gonna be a part of my um my cast in the show at the slipper room so oh i love an incredible dancer next we got islea islea it's in the name oh she's a part of that sisterhood of like we get it we feel it we know it and um i i probably scream every time i ran randomly run into her because it's always a joy to see her amazing next ginger lad all right how much time do you have how much time do i give all right i'm gonna i don't think i've ever publicly talked about this because it's such a polarizing um subject um I'm going to start off by saying we were all casted to work uh, at a beautiful opportunity with City Winery and Hard Rock Cafe. And um, some of these queens I had known on, some of these queens I didn't, but at the end of the day, we were working together. It became such a uncomfortable working environment because of feuds amongst other cast members and the inability of an of an owner to be able to have the backbone to understand the dynamics of what it is to run a business. And that created more frustration because you are, how are you employing these entertainers without paying them? And especially when you give them these false promises, that was the biggest frustration that I had working with this company and the lack of transparency and communication. I tried to give Ginger the benefit of the doubt because, uh, Never did I experience any ill will towards me, um, but I knew that it was experienced by other cast members. And I cannot speak for other members' experiences, but um, I wasn't treated that way. And, um, and I tried to stay as neutral as possible. But the minute you fuck with me and my booking and my money, it, I'm sorry, but all bets are off. There was, the owner had made a mistake about who's being booked to host a particular uh, brunch. And the way that it works is the host gets paid more than the actual cast members because you're doing a lot more work. You're on the mic more sure. and, and you do one, num- one more number, giving you the opportunity to gather more tips because we came to a consensus, which I didn't think I was in a, I didn't want to come to this consensus, but we were not splitting tips. Everyone kept their own tips. And I said, all right, then it is what it is. Cause I feel like if you're splitting tips, everyone's going to carry their weight and and like contribute to the pot. I said, fine. Um, There was a schedule mishap. I had already planned a themed brunch because I was already scheduled ahead of time. I heard he made the mixes and we get a text message um, that is confirming our like our call time and there was just so much turmoil that we're like okay who's actually going to show up and um when there was news about her hosting it i said what like i know we need another queen and she was casted to be another queen that wasn't originally scheduled and i'm like i was supposed to host and they they're like well you can do the the door position i'm like wait a minute Oh, no, 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 no. The door position means I have to get to the venue earlier, stand outside and pass out flyers. So you're going to bump me from being the host to the door position and take my opportunity 
for getting more more tips. Maybe the last time I, I need is another white man taking an opportunity from another brown person. And that's what took me the fuck off. And I'm just gonna say at that, like you should have yep. you should have been mature and say, I'm gonna step away and give because you had they had way more hosting opportunities than any of the other POC cast members did. And that was frustrating. And so when you need to learn your learn learn your fault and admit it instead of giving me a sob story of why you deserve this versus anyone else because it's not about who deserves it like no we all have trials and tribulations that we have to overcome and that's the frustrating point i have nothing you know her family is a beautiful family i have a lot of respect for her husband and and her children are are beautiful children and but when it comes to that specific work dynamic I'm sorry, I cannot say that I will ever book her in one of my events because she has lost that opportunity the minute that she did that to me. Hey, I mean, like there, there is always going to be some drama, but honestly, when it comes to money, it's not when it, that's not cool. Right. All right. I want some tea now. I want the dirtiest secret. <laughs> I want the dirtiest secret you have on Amanda Pork. The dirtiest secret that I have on Amanda Pork. <laughs> oh, is, is, honestly, aren't they all already out there? <laughs> I mean, yes, yes. Um, what is a dirty I just love Amanda Pork. Um, what is a dirty secret that I can, let me think, let me think. Hmm. Oh, wait. wait. Actually, it's not even a secret. I, did she mention it? I think she might have mentioned it at your interview. Where we, the gig that we did in Jersey together, the private gig. Maybe. Where. Hear it again. Okay, Lord, next time we're, I'm going to figure out how to do a screen before I do these private gigs because Amanda hits me up. She's like, hey, sis, are you available this date? There's a private gig in Jersey and I would love for you because we work really well together. And I said, all right, cool, awesome. I'm like, what's the, like, they wanted to do a holiday party. Do you want, what, it's a holiday party, but we could do whatever, like whatever numbers we want. I'm like, all right, cool, sounds work. And we get together without even discussing what we're doing we end up dressing very similar and i'm like what we look like we're like you know you know your your private gig girls like you know ready for another show and we roll up to like it's already dark it's late in jersey and we're like two hours away from the city and the i'm like amanda where the fuck is the location i'm like i'm starting to lose signal and like i <laughs> like this is this is your your next like campy drag movie about how two drag queens you know get killed in the forest or something and we keep driving we keep seeing bigger and bigger houses and it's dark and i'm like all right we roll up to this gorgeous estate and i and i turn to her i'm like oh bitch not me about to live my cardi b fantasy throwing up all that money up on my ass maybe it was not that turns out it was a house full of uh republican supporters and throwing a Christmas party. And we didn't know because they gave us ornaments before we let that said, oh fuck, what did it say? It's a code amongst Republicans. It's like, oh fuck, what is it? It pretty much means like, fuck Biden. Um, uh, go Brandon? Yes. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's like a new candidate in Jersey that we don't know of. And, um, and I remember at one point, um, the house was huge and I was like walking from one room to the next and I see a beautiful portrait of Marilyn Monroe and then I turn and then I see a portrait of Trump 
show. Oh God, how how did Amanda find this? I don't know. I'm like, I was like, girl, we're in danger. Yeah, this is get out. Sometimes that we were touched without consent and grabbed and pulled was wild. Like we were just like, what the fuck did we get ourselves into? Insane. No. All right, I got one more name for you. You probably know who it is. It's privilege. Oh, I fucking hater. Can we? Oh, you know what? Cut this shit out. If at any time that I mentioned privilege, just bleep her name. She's no one that we need to be concerned with. Oh, can't stand her. No, but in all seriousness, um, I love this girl so much. Being a transplant, like from the West Coast over here, and being brown, and being just very different in your queer expression, um, I appreciate them because uh, they're very unapologetic, so creative, and um, and so just. I'm in awe of of their ability to really take their life experiences and create such beauty with it. They're releasing two songs next month that I'm already obsessed with that I find myself already singing and that I may or may not have played at some of my classes without her permission <laughs> just because good. And I'm like, oh, this set, this is like a good, like, oh, I, I don't even want to give you more information, but um, I truly, truly appreciate them at a moment that I felt really ugly and uh unsuccessful and like a failure she taught me how to see the beauty of what i was doing love that all right what is your go-to karaoke song my go-to karaoke song is gonna be even though i don't do it often because i i can't sing uh love fool by the cardigans nice you've fallen down a rabbit hole on youtube what are you watching videos of Oh my god, dogs. I love little doggy videos. That or kids getting hurt. <laughs> oh my god. That the two two polar opposites. But but joy. Both bring joy. Right. <laughs> what is one personal fact that your fans wouldn't know about you? A personal fact that my fans wouldn't know about me. Mm. So uh, well, no. I well, you know what? Yes. I actually know how to cook and I cook really 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 good like my dad's a chef he grew up like being exposed to different culinary styles and so I'm actually really good at cooking what is your specialty mm-hmm. what a specialty what are you gonna cook for me? specialty um I don't have a particular specialty but I I do have an affinity for always cooking Mexican food and like doing stuff yeah I my last um uh meeting that I have uh with the management team at crunch I literally came in with a pot of birria and um and the whole office smelled delicious and everyone was obsessing it in fact last week someone's like when are you gonna bring it again <laughs> it is. all right I got some fan corner questions and some statements really are you ready for them okay let's hear it um from Russell Zacker uh just what a star oh thank you Amanda Massacre and Wednesdays have no questions, just love. Thank you for force feeding Latin culture to the masses. Yes. Let's bring it everywhere. Um, I'm not going to say who this is from. I'm going to ask you the question and then I'll tell you. Uh, who is your favorite slipper room sister? Dot, Ginger, Robin, or Obscura? <laughs> Wait, first of all, I mean, only because I feel like I've had way more conversations and connections. I'm gonna say, uh, obviously Dot, um, because she's given me opportunities um, that I'm very thankful for. Um, 
And even though I do know Robin, um, I'm not in Brooklyn as often as I would like to be. And she's usually in Brooklyn, but I love Robin. I'm not that close to Ginger and I haven't yet met Obscura in person, but honestly, I'm excited to work with all, all of them. Well, that question was from Dantabelle. <laughs> um, this is a question from Amanda Pork. Amanda. She says, she's a whore, ask why. Um, why not? Hello, life is short. There's a saying in Spanish that says, um, a chupar y mamar que la vida se va a acabar, which, is, which means to uh, suck and swallow because the world's going to end anyways. I love that. And finally, this is a question from Emmy Great. How much did you invest in Lady Liberty and how much of it would you say was well spent? All of it's well spent. All of it's a thousand dollars. Everything is well spent. How much did I spend? Lord, um, I still have yet to get um, how much I need to pay uh, for some of the garments. But if I had to put a guesstimate, I probably spent around maybe like 2,500. Right, not bad. So I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. And this is a question from Ari Kiki. Oh. What do you enjoy the most about what you do in drag? I enjoy the moments um, where someone uh, wants to, like has a very vulnerable moment with me and says, um, I felt like I belong. I felt like this is where I, where I should be or why have like, why haven't I known of you and, and that you really create something special here. And that's my favorite moment. Like for someone to feel like they belong from someone that felt for such a long time that didn't belong. Like I'm glad, I'm glad I'm able to create that feeling for someone else. Incredible. Well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question and okay. it can be about anything you want. Okay, I'm going to ask them. I'm going to ask them. Do, 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 do. What is your go-to um, either seamless or Uber Eats order? Love that. Mm-hmm. We love food. Well, we love to try to expand the community here. Who would you like to hear an interview with on Block Talk? Uh, you definitely have to have Sofia Medina and Privilege on there, like, they are my good sisters, my good brown sisters. And um, yeah. Oh, and uh, actually, I'm going to wait to announce some official news. But I may may or may not have a daughter. Oh, she's pregnant. That should also be interviewed. Are you going to have a baby shower? I'm going to have a, a drag reveal party instead of a gender well, <laughs> well, where can we find you on social media and Venmo? You can find me on all social media platforms under Frida Culo. That's F-R-E-E-K-U-L-O. And my Venmo is Send Me Pesos. And that's spelled S-E-N-D-M-E-P-S-O-S because I need help. <laughs> I love that. Well, Frida, it was such a joy having you on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you. <laughs> The biggest thanks to Frida for chatting. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenine.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.